Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring author or illustrator who really wants to be able to make it in the uh, publishing industry these days. And there's a lot of uh, various things that you have to overcome. And hopefully this podcast will give you some of those tools to help you actually accomplish that. Today we have a great guest. His name is Matthew Rotundo. He was a winner in Volume 25 in 2009 with his short story, Gone Black. Welcome, Matt. Hi, John. Thank you very much for having me. Sure. It was, uh, I think it was one of the earlier posts that I sent around to all the past winners, and you responded, hey, I'd like to do that, and so here we are. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, always, uh, I, I never hesitate to uh, uh, blather about myself, so yeah, I was, I was happy to join you. <laughs> That's great. So um, now when you won in 25, on volume 25, mm-hmm. it was at, you said um, that was at least your 10th entry, so what was your runway from starting in eight years of age with your um, cheese and the elephant story that filled a whole page up to where you actually won the contest? <laughs> Well, yeah, my uh, you're referring to my elephant and the cheese story, which yes. was the first story that I ever wrote, and uh, mentioned that on my uh, on my bio on my website. Yeah, uh, and I was uh, I think about eight or nine years old when I wrote that, and it was shortly after that that I kind of realized that writing was what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, you know, before that, I had the kind of usual kid dreams. I thought, oh, I'd like to be a, a policeman or a fireman. And then as I got a little older, I thought, you know, I think I'd like to be a scientist. Uh, and I, uh, But then as I got just a little bit older after that, I, I, as much as I like science, I was like, I don't know that that's quite what I want to do. And then it just kind of hit me. Uh, and I was thinking about the story, The Elephant and the Cheese, when I'd written that. Uh, and I thought, I just kind of flashed back on that and thought, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to be a writer. And it was something I was just absolutely certain of from that moment on. So that was uh, that was the beginning. And, of course, when I first got that idea in my head, I decided, well, I need to start writing stuff right away. Uh, and so I would tr- start trying to write stories. And my first uh, instincts were always to try to write novels, uh, and I don't know why I wouldn't kind of go easier with short stories, but then I just started wanting to write uh, novels. Of course, none of those ever panned out when I was a uh, when I was ten, eleven, twelve years old. <laughs> but uh, but you know when I was uh, when I was at those ages, and you know in school I might have uh, an assignment to write a story, and boy, I loved those. I jumped at those. Uh, I had a great time writing those kinds of stories, and they were very well received. Uh, in 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 high school and then uh, even in college, I, I you know took creative writing classes in college and I was well, at least one creative writing teacher that I had really liked my work and had me come back and uh, have uh, a, a talk to uh, a, another class like in another year and he referred to me as one of his star pupils, which was very flattering. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and then after that. Uh, after college, I, I would start, you know, doing a bit of uh, writing here and there. And I finally started getting really serious about it. And right about that time, so gosh, we'd be talking here, uh, you know, maybe early 90s or so, is when I first heard of the contest and thought, thought it was an amazing uh, opportunity. So I would uh, start, I would enter 
in the, the contest, and I had, you know, the honorable mentions and the, and the quarterfinalist uh, finishes and uh, not much more beyond that. And then for a time there, uh, I was actually I was actually fortunate enough uh, that, that I was able to start selling some stories. So I kind of started tapering off a little bit with writers of the future because I knew that I was going to be I was close to proing out. I actually thought at one time I thought I had proed out. So I stopped entering the contest. But then I was taking another look at it and looking at the eligibility rules and hearing about other uh, writer friends of mine uh, who had entered, and I was thinking, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm not entirely sure I'm right about this. So I actually wrote, uh, I sent an email, I reached out to, it was Jody Labaki, I, I sent an email to, and I said, you know, here's a list of everything that I've published, am I still eligible? And Jody very nicely sent me back an email saying, yes, Matt, you are still eligible, just barely, but you're still eligible. So I started entering again. So, uh, and so I, I kind of worked my way up the, uh, up the ladder a bit there. I, I was a quarter finalist or an honorable mention. And then, uh, I had a, a couple of semifinalist finishes and then I had a finalist finish. Which I was really uh, excited about, but I ended up being a non-winning finalist. So I used to joke to everyone I knew, I was like, yeah, I've done everything except win that contest. And then, uh, finally in, uh, I think it was March of 2008, I got a phone call from Joni, and she said, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah. And she told me I'd taken first place in my quarter. Uh, so uh, that was kind of that was kind of the, the the way it worked. I was obviously very ecstatic. Uh, thank goodness no one was in the house at the time because, boy, I made a lot of noise. <laughs> that was the story Gone Black, right? That was, that was for Gone Black, yes, which was a story that uh, originally – uh, would not have been eligible. My fr- uh, original draft of that story was a little too long. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got a very uh, insightful critique from a friend of mine. Uh, and uh, he said, you know, this is good, but this opening is taking too long. And there's a lot of dead time here. And I looked at it and I said, boy, he's right. And I cut it pretty severely, and I cut almost like a thousand words out of that story, and that's what got it under the the upper word limit for the contest, and so that's when I was able to submit it. Well, that's so great. I was very grateful for that critique, and uh, very happy, obviously, with the results. That was the point then when you came out to Hollywood, and then you had your week long workshop, and, and yeah, you had who was the, who was the instructing it? Was that was that Kathy Wentworth and? Um... Yeah, Kathy, Kathy Wentworth and Tim Powers uh, were the instructors. Kathy was still with us. She uh-huh. was uh, she was fantastic. Tim was uh, terrific as well. And, you know, it was a really great group of people, you know, in that class yeah. with me. Uh, and I'm still in touch with many of them. Uh, you know, uh, you know, during the during the, the week long workshop there, you're you're partnered with a, a writing buddy. And my writing buddy was Gray Linnea. And Gray was uh, just a, a font of uh, inspiration and fun and challenges. And so, 
you know, we were gearing up at that time to be, you know, writing our 24-hour story, and Gray would just hit me with random writing prompts and say, okay, you see that? That needs to be in your story. <laughs> and I said, okay. And then, so we, we were taking a walk. Uh, at one time, we were walking down Hollywood Boulevard there along the Walk of Fame, and he spotted a name on uh, the Walk of Fame, and he said, that guy needs to be in your story. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, 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 and doing all kinds of things like that. So, yeah. uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So but the workshop st- itself was fantastic. So are you still in touch with, with gray? Pardon me? You're yeah. St- yeah. I, I don't, I don't see gray very often, but I mean, but, but most times when I'll see gray, we'll be at conventions and we'll always, you know, even though we haven't, you know, might not have talked to each other in years, we'll still, We'll still come up and, and uh, hug each other and all that and say hi. Uh, so, uh, great, great, uh, terrific. Yeah, I've been in touch um, with uh, Emery Huang. He was the grand prize winner that year. He's in, um, mm-hmm. I think he's in um, China. In, in, uh, he he's wants to get back into writing. He's mostly gone off into working in uh, selling gold. <laughs> so he's... Is that right? Yeah. Last I knew, I mean, last I knew for Emery, and Emery was terrific, too. Um, yeah. like I said, everybody was, I knew Emery was, uh, had, uh, like there was a family restaurant that he was uh, involved in, in New York. Uh, yeah. I went, I went to see him there. Yeah. I went to see him there in his Did whole, fa- yeah. And, and he treated us all the stuff one of the years at the couple years, actually a book expo. Then he went to Taiwan and he's been there, but it's, um, anyway, yeah. So I've still been in touch with him and he, a few months ago, he said, yeah, I want to get back into writing, but he was still trying to, um, his, uh, logo that he uses on his Facebook pages, these, these gold chips said, okay, good. You're still working on that, but he's there okay. in, in Taiwan working away at it. Well, I hope, I hope he does get back into writing. Yeah. Uh, he is terrific and yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah. So on the contest itself in the, uh, the workshop, um, mm-hmm. any particular part that for you was, uh, the most, uh, memorable or valuable takeaway? Well, definitely, I'd have to say the 24-hour story. Uh, I know uh, a lot of people who have been, you know, who follow the contest and who might be trying to win it might be a bit apprehensive about the whole concept of writing a story in 24 hours. Uh, I, uh, I was a little apprehensive myself. But I'll tell you, it was, uh, it came together so nicely for me that I, I was, uh, it was kind of inspiring. Uh, I, I know that, you know, we were given, you're given three basic prompts there. You know, you're given, uh, Kathy Wentworth had given everybody a random object. Yeah. Uh, and so these were just random objects she had from her house. And so she gave me a random object and then we had to go to the, the library to research a topic of our choice, and then we had to interview a random stranger on Hollywood Boulevard. So um, some of those things are a bit intimidating to somebody who might be a bit introverted or uh, feeling a bit awkward about it. But I'll tell you something. I, I, I It was really the library. When we went to the library, that's what, where, I, where I got my uh, idea for the story I was ending, that I ended up writing. Yeah. Uh, I, I walked into the library, and it wasn't actually anything that I found in the library. It was actually the walls outside the library. We walked over to this library, and uh, somebody had pointed out that there's these spikes on the top of the, uh, the walls surrounding the, the library. And I was like, why? Hollywood's a rougher town than I thought it was. Uh, and... 
I just kind of got this idea for uh, uh, like uh, uh, Hollywood uh, after after the apocalypse, after some sort of collapse of civilization, and you know what Hollywood would be like at that time. And I thought, oh my God, there's a story there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that ended up uh, being the story that I wrote for the the 24 hour story, uh, and it was a piece called The Hills, and. I ended up writing that story and finishing it actually in plenty of time. I think I was finished with the first draft of that story before noon the next day. Uh, it just kind of came together uh, so nicely for me. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you get lucky that way. Sometimes it just works out like that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I finished the story and just felt very good about it. And But I, I wasn't sure if the story itself was any good. I uh, was proud of it, but uh, I didn't know if it was uh, really uh, worthwhile yet until I, I went ahead and finally sold it uh, not too long ago, actually. About two years ago, I sold it to an anthology put out by Tanstoffel Press called Enter the Aftermath. Uh, and it was a story, again, called The Hills, which uh, I was very proud of. And yeah. I actually liked that story so much that I uh, expanded it into a novel. Now, that novel still needs another rewrite, but I expanded it into a novel called Apocalypse Pictures Presents. Uh, so I have hope <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, yeah I do. I do. <laughs> so After I'm you told me about the story, that, that, what led up the story and what it sparked it, like, wow, that totally fits. <laughs> That's a great title. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I hope the novel lives up to it, but you know, I was able to sell a short story uh, which is now chapter two of that novel. So yeah. I, I guess that's proof of concept, and we'll, we'll just uh, hope for the best on the novel. Yeah, well, that's interestingly enough, the uh, the story that Pat Rothfuss won with was one of the chapters mm-hmm. of his novel, um, which then be- became a, a major uh, international bestseller with his series. But it yeah, was, it was a, the Wind, which yeah. is a great book, yeah. Yeah, but it was, just, it was a chapter out, out of that that was that his winning story. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that uh, that is also very hopeful for me. So, yeah, uh, I, I can only hope to have any kind of success <laughs> like Pat has had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So since when you've you've written a few novels? You got um, is it called the Prison World Revolt series? Yeah, that's uh, I've I've published two novels in that uh, in the Prison World Revolt series. Uh, they're called Petra and Petra released, and I am currently working on book three in that series, which is called Petra Rising. I am very, very late with that book. Uh, It's going very slowly, uh, but uh, I, uh, uh, people who, uh, people who are interested in following me, uh, you know, you might, if you end up subscribing to my newsletter, I hope to have an announcement on that sometime Kind of soon. Oh, great! I won't, I won't go. I won't go into any more difficult. I, I won't go into any more detail than that for fear of uh, overselling it. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I put out Petra and Petra released kind of back to back because those books had already been written, uh, and and then uh, I, I thought I'd have some run up time to get Petra Rising done, but it's taken a, a, a rather a lot longer than. Uh, than I had hoped, but you know, Pat Rothfuss can tell that same story too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because because Petra's a, a prison planet, right? Yes, Petra's the name of my prison world, um, 
And the story involves a uh, 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 an escape attempt from this prison world. It's kind of a brutal and unhappy place, as you might suspect. Yeah. But uh, a group of people have decided they're going to stage a prison break. And my protagonist uh, is a guy by the name of Kane Python. And Kane comes from uh, uh, another uh, world... Uh, and he's he's come to Petra on kind of a fact-finding mission, uh, and he ends up getting caught up in this escape attempt, uh, all too unwittingly, and uh, laughs ensue. I'm kidding; it's not that funny, <laughs> <laughs> but it is. You know, it's an action adventure uh, story, and I tell you, it's a it's a place that I kind of it has a. It, it's it's a hard place to live in, and nobody would ever really want to visit there. But it has this kind of a special place in my heart uh, among the the uh, fictional worlds that I've created. I really like Petra. I've got you know the first two books in the series out. The next book that comes out will kind of complete a story arc. But if there is sufficient interest, I'd be happy to go back to Petra and tell more stories because I think there might be a bunch more uh, Petra stories in there somewhere. Sure. Well, best of luck to you on that one there. I appreciate that. Thank you. You bet. So now on, um, you say that you write science fiction, fantasy, and horror, but mm-hmm. you gravitate more towards science. Is, is Petra, is that like more science fiction or is it more horror? It's uh, oh, Petra is uh, a pretty bit genuinely science fiction action adventure story, and a lot of my novels, a lot of the novels that I've written have been science fiction. I have written uh, also, uh, you know, this is just another one that's kind of still sitting in the uh, uh, in, in the uh, proverbial trunk, uh, you know, yeah. trying to get to, trying to sell. But uh, it's a it's an urban fantasy slash horror story, uh, which is also an expansion of a short story that I had published in Intergalactic Medicine Show several years ago called Wet Work. Uh-huh. Um, but most of my most of my novels have been science fiction novels, including the ones that I don't market anymore to anyone. Uh, just because <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed by them. They're not yeah. uh, they're not quite up to snuff. But uh, you know, obviously Petra and Petra released are, are science fiction stories. The the other one I mentioned, Apocalypse Pictures Presents, is a science fiction story. Uh, and so most uh, I have a, a, a probably a lot more fantasy and horror stuff among my short work. Right. Okay, I'm tracking with that. So, what is the process like? What do you? How do you start, change, and actually complete a uh, a novel? What's your process? Well, I am uh, I'm pretty much of a pantser. Uh, you know, there are there are writers who are outliners, and there are writers who kind of write by what they call the seat of the pants, and they call themselves pantsers, and that's pretty much what I am. I don't like outlining uh, mm-hmm. at all. I kind of I have nothing against those who do uh, like to outline. It's just uh, that's not my process. It doesn't, doesn't really work well for me. I don't believe in writing the story before I write the story. So uh, I tend to uh, just kind of make it up as I go. Now, that's not to say I have no idea where the story's going. Right. I have some idea. Uh, typically, what I'm going to do when I'm working on a novel, I get the idea for the novel, and then I start writing notes kind of contextual preparation. These notes aren't necessarily about 
story events, so I think you can't really call them an outline. But mostly what they are are their notes about the characters, who these people are, and what's the world like that they live in. Right. So like if I was writing Petra, I'd be writing down a bit about Cain, my protagonist, and, and, you know, what kind of a person is he? And what is it he was looking for? What is it he wants? And, you know, what kind of problems does he have? What kind of conflicts is he up against, you know, internally and externally? What's he, again, what's he trying to do? And then writing notes about Petra, the, the prison world itself. What does this place look like? What is it like? It's an Earth-like planet. It's a bit larger than uh, than Earth would be, but it's an Earth-like planet. I kind of had an idea for it being a, uh, a resource-poor world, which never made it a very... So because it was resource-poor, it wasn't a good candidate for colonization right. by a spacefaring civilization. Uh, you know, they found it, and they just they didn't see uh, much worth uh, colonizing there because it's resource-poor. And I had to ask myself, okay, if it's resource-poor, why is it resource-poor? And then I, I kind of came up with some ideas about, okay, well, it's it's a very old world, and it's tectonically dead. So, uh, and so the, you know, no new mountains are being slowly formed by, you know, uh, you know, tectonic plate subduction, you know, the mountains are actually all kind of gradually eroding away because they're not getting any taller. Right. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, there's no volcanism on this, uh, on this world and there's no, you know, earthquakes and, uh, and there, all of the resources that might be brought up by any kind of volcanism or stuff like that just doesn't happen. And so uh, that's that was so I'd just be asking myself a lot of questions like that. How does this work? How does this work? You know, and why is this world like this? How does this prison work? How do you have a prison planet? How does that get set up? Right. Uh, and I'd be asking all the and, and just writing down all the answers to these questions, how this works. Now, who's in charge of this prison planet? Uh, you know, what's the warden of a prison world like? He was actually kind of a catalyst for the whole story. I was kind of fascinated by the whole concept of a warden of a prison planet uh, and how much power something like that would have. And that yeah. was, I'm always kind of drawn to themes of power and those who have it and what they do with it. And so that was a, a kind of a fascinating thought for me. So, you know, I'd be writing a bunch of notes about this warden of this prison world. What's he like? Uh, so I, I take a lot of notes, and not, again, not much of the those notes are about the actual story events or about plot. It's mostly just kind of background information that I'm going to need to know in order to tell the story. Now, once I feel like I have a good enough handle on the characters and who they are and what they want, and you know, I have an idea for kind of you know where the story starts, what's kind of the inciting event that kicks off the story. That's when I feel like I'm ready to sit down and start writing. When I'm ready to sit down and start drafting, right. so I will uh, I will do that, and I might have a pretty decent idea about maybe what the first act of the story is going to be like. Yeah. The second act of the story might be fairly murky, and then the third act could be uh, a total mystery to me, right. uh, or, or I might have like some idea. And Petra is a great example of that. Actually, I was in the uh, in the middle of drafting Petra, and I was coming toward the end of the first act of it, and I realized that the ending that I kind of had in mind just 
wasn't going to work at all. I was like, there's no way that works. That's just not right. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? You know, here I am a good third of the way into this story, and I'm right. not, I, I, I've just scuttled my ending. How is it supposed to end? So I uh, had to kind of think about it and think about it and think about it. And then I finally, as I'm moving on to it, I got this idea for the ending. And I thought, oh, oh, wow, I can't do that to my main character. I can't do that to this guy. That would be a terrible thing to do to him. And I thought, no, actually, I can do that. Yeah, I can. As a matter of fact, I must. I got to do this. Uh, so that ended up being the ending to the story that I, uh, I finally found it. Uh, it wasn't what I originally conceived, and um, but that's uh, and, and I've had several people tell me when they read it that that ending was a, a real surprise to them. I was like, well, it was a total surprise to me too. So there you go. Yeah, it was. Um, I've not read it yet, but I've read the, the story description and some of the other comments about it, and it was like. Mm-hmm. It sounds fascinating. I was very happy to see number two right away, so that I was able to <laughs> so I was able to move into that and and then um, based on how you're how you're creating this whole the, the the master arc, I can see that you know when you get to number three that it it would resolve the whole thing and um, yeah. the way you've been that's describing this a bit, yeah. That's the idea, uh, and you know it's uh, I've never had to do this before where I've. You know, you got the third book in a in a in a three book series, uh, and I'm you know I'm right now as I'm working on this uh, first draft, I am pretty close to the end of it, and making sure that I wrap up all of these loose ends uh, is a little daunting, and I have it's kind of hard to keep track of it after you know been into it for three books. I've got a number of characters and a number of different things I've got to keep track of and then uh, you know I've got to worry about continuity errors and things like that so uh, it's 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 a bit tricky yeah but hopefully you got a few readers that like the guy that helped you on your first winning story that you know that to trim down your your opening on gone, gone black that sure. uh, will help and give you some of that direction and and point out some of those things so that you so you don't have any problem with continuity yeah, I uh, I do have a couple of people that I uh, have counted on uh, in the past and who uh, have offered say, hey, yeah, when you're ready uh, with book three, let me know. Have you done anything uh, with uh, with the forum? Have you been involved at all with the Rise of Future forum? You know, I have poked around at the forum uh, a few times. I don't know that I've actually ever posted anything there, um, but I, I have been out there uh, on a couple of occasions. Uh, just kind of poking, and it has, it's been a while. Although I did uh, take another uh, look at it actually just today, because I was like, "Oh man, I haven't been out to these forums in it's, so long." It's grown quite a bit, and there's and there's a yeah. lot of people willing to help fellow writers in there. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I I noticed that when I went out there, I was like, "Oh, this is uh, this is quite interesting." So yeah. uh, it's definitely a thing for people to keep in mind. Those forums, uh, they look terrific. There's a lot of activity there. And uh, like you said, a lot of people willing to help others. Exactly. Now, you've got your, I guess it's your website and your newsletter, Pixel Town. Mm-hmm. So how did that come to be? And then what's what do you see as the value of that for you as an author? Well, yeah, Pixel Town is just uh, is the name of my website, uh, com. Um, and you know the the whole idea of Pixel Town actually comes from 
a short story I had written um, and published uh, many years ago. Uh, it was actually even before the contest. Uh, and, you know, the story was called Hitting the Skids in Pixeltown. And it's another one of my Hollywood stories, like uh, The Hills was one of my Hollywood stories. I, 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 have a, I have a few of these. I'm a bit of a movie buff. And so I, I like to tell Hollywood stories and stuff like that. So uh, Hitting the Skids in Pixeltown was another science fiction story kind of set in uh, a, uh, a near future Hollywood uh, in which uh, and this again, this was written several years ago, you know, like over a decade ago. But it's a Hollywood in which everything is digitized, uh, and uh, you know, actors aren't really acting anymore. They just get scanned in, and somebody animates them. Uh, and and you know, uh, so that's where the whole idea for Pixel Town came from. And I had uh, a story about this. Um, uh, this Hollywood actress who had uh, become a big star. Uh, in Pixel Town, uh, and was maybe maybe wasn't maybe noticed uh, for her acting ability because she was just scanned in, and other people were manipulating the image and doing all of that. But she became a big star. But now she's hitting the skids, as the as the title uh, mentions, and then she ends up kind of falling in with uh, some people who are making movies kind of the old fashioned way, you know there. Uh, and where she has to actually rely on her own uh, acting abilities and things like that, stuff she hasn't had to do in years. And so that uh, that was a kind of a favorite story of mine, and it got published in an anthology many years ago. And I thought that'd be kind of a fun conceit to use for my own website. So I, I, I just kind of created this whole idea of Pixel Town. And it's my online home. And so, you know, everything is kind of based on that whole idea of a city. Uh, and so I talk about, you know, uh, you know the, the tourist attractions in Pixeltown, which would be my work. And then, you know, I've got my own. The Pixeltown Dispatch is my newsletter, uh, which people can sign up for. And you know, the, the whole idea is just to have a, a home base online. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who is interested uh, in finding out more about me, if, they, if they're, they've heard my name somewhere and they want to know more about me or my work, Pixeltown is where you need to go. Uh, and so that's just kind of the whole uh, purpose uh, behind it. And I try to keep that, uh, you know, updated uh, uh, with, you know, any any new stuff of mine that's coming out or any of, you know, convention appearances that I might be doing and all of that. Uh, so... Uh, that's kind of the whole idea behind Pixel Town. Now, do you find that that is that the major way that you use to promote yourself and introduce yourself to new uh, potential readers? Is that absolutely? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, I, I think the best way to go. Um, you know, I, I don't know of a better way to do it. I mean, I do. I do have uh, you know a bit of a social media profile. I've got my Facebook page, which people can find. It's just under my name, Matthew yeah. Rotundo. Um, but I don't use that just as a, a way to promote my writing. You know, that's just kind of, I might post anything that I think is kind of funny or interesting there. Uh, but the main thing that for, for promoting my writing is, is the website and is, you know, Matthew S. Rotundo's Pixel Town. And yeah, I think that just makes the most sense. You know, social media platforms come and go. 
uh, and you know, you know, nobody, nobody does MySpace anymore. Uh, there are people who say Facebook is dead. I don't necessarily know if that's true or not, but you it's know, still well over a billion. <laughs> yeah, there's still plenty of people out there. But again, social media platforms come and go. There's you know, there's Snapchat and Instagram and and all of these others, you know, Twitter and all of these others, and a lot of these I'm not on, uh, but. If I just don't have time, really, to keep up with all of them. Sure. Um, and uh, but you know they they wax and wane in popularity and relevance. Um, but your website's going to endure. You know your website is going to be yours, and you can update it as as needed. You know if it's looking a little dated, well, you can fix that. You can control that, and it's the one thing you can control. You can't control how popular Facebook or social other social media profiles are. You can control what you do uh, with your face, with your uh, with your website, and so that's what I would recommend. Even if you're doing a lot of social media stuff, you got to have that foundation, and so that's why I, I think the the website uh, serves as that. I mean, that's absolutely correct, and that's what we do with the contest. We have a lot of work that I do with with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and with YouTube, but it all directs to a website. You know, that's yeah. the top of your funnel is your social media, but where the actual meat is for, for yourself is that website and your newsletter, which you can then constantly continue to keep people informed of what's happening with you. Because if you're on your website, they can sign up for it to find out more about you. So that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way I approach it. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you, every now and then you see people at conventions. What's your, what's your convention drill like? Well, um, I will do what I can to get on programming if I can. Uh, I, I, I like being on panels. Like I said at the beginning, uh, I like to blather, so uh, I, I, I do like to try to get on panels uh, whenever I can. No, there's uh, a few local cons that I, I, I've, uh, I've attended. I've even been a guest of honor at a local con. Um, and there's one in, in Lincoln, Nebraska that I go to, uh, try to go to every year called Constellation. And I'm, I have a good relationship with though, those people who run that convention. Sure. I've, 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 I've talked to, you know, I've been working with them for years and I always write to them, you know, well in advance of the convention and say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm interested in being on program. You know, here's maybe a couple ideas, uh, for some panels if you're interested, uh, and, you know, uh, they're always happy to accommodate me. Uh, now, when you start talking about uh, um, larger regional conventions, like uh, there's one in Denver, Colorado called uh, Mile High Con, which is a, a pretty uh, long-running, well-respected, well-established convention. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the people who run that. Uh, it's been it's been terrific, and I have been very sad that those, those, of, those of your listeners who uh, may have been at Mile High Con recently. I haven't been there the last couple of years. I haven't been able to. I've always had some kind of schedule conflict that's come up. So it's kind of killing me that I haven't been able to go back to Mile High Con, but I really want to go back again sure. uh, as soon as I can. So I, I, I have a good relationship with those folks there. And then I'll also try, you know, with the bigger national cons like World Cons uh, or uh, uh, the NASFIC, when uh, Worldcon is not uh, on, uh, not on the uh, continent, and Worldcon's like in New Zealand, like it is this year. I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it to New Zealand, but I think I can make it to Columbus, uh, which is where the NASFIC is this year. So uh, I will, uh, you know, I'll reach out again, and they try to uh, be respect, 
be, be respectful of the people who run these conventions. They need a lot of lead time to prepare stuff, you know, yeah. it's all volunteer run. And so I understand that. So I just kind of reach out at you. Don't be pushy. you be polite. you be professional. And you try to get on convention. Uh, you try to get on panels. And, you know, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Sure. Uh, and if uh, whatever reason they don't have room for you, well, it doesn't mean you can't go. It doesn't mean you can't have a good time. You certainly can. Uh, and you just kind of make the best of it. But, you know, I'll try to get on the panels. I will, uh, you know, work to be kind of visible at conventions. I'll make sure that I, I post my programming schedule such as it is, whatever it is might be, you know, where people can find me if they're interested in finding me. I'll post that. Uh, before the con and, and, and during the con, and I will uh, be visible at uh, a lot of the uh, like the parties and uh, you know and, and a lot of the functions. Uh, and uh, just really, the biggest advice I would have about uh, you know uh, going to a convention is you know just have fun. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're a writer, you're uh, and you're trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah, you can do that, but you can. But if all you're doing Every every minute of the con is trying to push your books or push your uh, push your fiction or, or promote yourself. That gets old pretty quick, and people get tired of talking to you, and they'll start avoiding you. So you know, go and have fun and just participate. You know, you're there because you're not just a writer of science fiction; you're a fan of it. So participate, be part of it, and enjoy it. Uh, and I think people respond to that more than they do any kind of hard sell. That makes good sense. So. Any other particular advice that you'd have then for uh, someone as to entering the contest and the the value or the significance of the writers of the future contest as a um, either as a launching pad or even as a a waypost towards your growth as an author. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the the number one piece of advice I give to any aspiring writer, and they've heard it a million times, I don't care, it doesn't make it any less true, never, never, never give up. Um, my, uh, I, I was good friends with Jay Lake, uh, the author, mm-hmm. uh, um, before he passed, and he used to blog a lot about what is called psychotic persistence. You know, just persisting beyond all reason. You keep with it, even if it no longer makes any sense for you to do so. It makes no financial sense. It doesn't make sense on the time that you're putting into it. You're not seeing, you might not see any kind of return on it. It doesn't matter. You right. persist anyway. And that same holds true for the contest. You know, uh, people have said it before, and uh, I, I will repeat the information because, again, it's true. Keep entering the contest until you either win it or are no longer eligible. Uh, because both of those are good things, you know. Uh, and you, you, if you continue to write, you can. Uh, you, okay, you you get you, you you put you submit a story to the contest, and maybe it doesn't go very far. Okay, you might be a bit bummed out about that. It's okay to feel bummed out about that, but don't let that stop you. Sub- write another story. Submit another story. Exactly. Keep writing. Do do the next because the next story is going to be better. It's a it's a continual process, you know, and you're going to get better at it the more that you do it. And that's going to start paying dividends. It might take a long time or some people, you know, some people are very fortunate. Some people might win on their first entry. Some people like me, uh, you know, you have to work their way up the chain. Some people have to submit dozens of times like Kevin J. Anderson. I don't know how many times he submitted, 
so uh, keep going. Keep keep trying again until you either win it or you're no longer eligible because you become a professional author. Again, both of those are positive things and what we're striving for. And the contest itself is a great uh, bit of exposure for you. Uh, it's uh, unlikely that I'll ever have uh, for myself and my professional life a book signing like I had after uh, <laughs> the award ceremony where I am signing books for hours on end. I'll probably never have that again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and the award ceremony itself was so wonderful and all that. So, you know, it's uh, and getting that kind of exposure, I, I can't even express to you how valuable that is. Uh, well, you did tell me that one also, story about your twenty fifth your twenty fifth reunion. That was a yeah. that was a great story. Can you share oh, that? Oh well, yeah, that was uh, that was hilarious uh, because the uh, me winning my winning of the contest kind of came just a little bit before my twenty five year high school reunion, um, and so after I'd won the contest, gone to Hollywood, had got the award and all that, uh, my local newspaper wrote a story about it. So they did this nice little profile of me in, in my local paper, which I thought was great. Had my picture in there from the award ceremony and everything. And I thought that was just terrific. Well, and then that led to uh, somebody from my high school's alumni association. They saw that story and they contacted the reporter who wrote it. And the reporter who wrote it contacted me and said, hey, this person wants to talk to you. So and then I got put into touch with this uh, alumni person and then they did a profile of me for my um, alumni newsletter. And again, this was just before my 25-year reunion. So I go to my 25-year reunion, and as I walk in the door, there's a group of people, uh, just as I walk in the door, and I recognize them. I haven't seen them in, in uh, you know, a couple of decades, but they all recognize me, and they break into applause when I walked in the door. Wow. Now, that's the way to, that's the way to go to re your, your reunion. <laughs> Absolutely. That's way cool. That's a great story. Yeah, that, was, that was awesome. All right, so um, I guess uh, unwrapping this up because I'm very interested to make sure that people find out about you and your and your stories. So, how do people find you? People can find me at my website, which is uh, MatthewSRotundo.com. It's M-A-T-T-H-E-W S. Got to have the middle initial. Uh, S is in Sam Rotundo. R-O-T-U-N-D-O. All run together. All one word. Dot com. Uh, and, uh, if you can't remember that, if you can at least remember my name, fairly unusual name. So it's kind of its own search engine optimization. Uh, usually, uh, usually that, uh, my website will be among the first, uh, among the first results that you get. So, uh, yeah, you go out there and, um, uh, you can find out all about, you know, what my current, uh, current works are that are coming out. Um, you have a newsletter you can and, sign up for too, right? And I do have a newsletter you can sign up for at the at the website. So um, again, I'm hoping to have I'm hoping to have uh, an announcement that I can make on my newsletter sometime kind of soon. So if you sign up for it, you'll be among the first to hear see that announcement uh, when it, whenever it might be coming. So I'm just teasing that a little bit, but I'm not making any promises as to when that announcement's going to come. But yeah, you can from uh, from my website sign up for the newsletter. You can also see 
Uh, if I've got any convention appearances, I've got, I haven't quite worked out my convention schedule yet for this year, but when I do have it worked out, that's going to be up on the website too, uh, and you can see that. And again, my newsletter will update you on that sort of stuff as well. Great. Well, thank you very much, Matt. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you after all these years, but I got totally excited after uh, looking you up then after you commented on response to the uh, sending around the podcast. So I'm very glad that we had a chance to chat here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's great been great talking to you. I haven't seen you since uh, I haven't seen you since the award ceremony and all of that, but uh, it's been great reconnecting with you, and I'm uh, very uh, glad to have been able to do this with you. Thank you, and thank you for listening to the Rise to Future podcast. Just so you know, it's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeart, and Spotify. So. Um, we have an episode we post every week, and it is very exciting to be able to, to share these uh, successes and hopefully encourage you to make that next step up as a writer. So again, thank you very much, Matt. Thank you. Thank you.